0: From the Charlie Pete Studios, this is The Ellen Taylor Show. Hello, welcome to it. Episode number four of The Ellen Taylor Show. My name is Ellen Taylor. Do I need to say that every time? I don't know. We're still just trying to get into a rhythm here. Thank you so much for coming back. I do appreciate you so, so much. Um, Wow, lots to unpack, lots to talk about in this week's episode. I try really hard to make these episodes as uh, the opposite of time sensitive, meaning that if someone discovers this podcast, say two weeks, six months or a year from now, they can go back and listen. And it's still relevant because I think we do a deep dive on What's going on in the inside and, and feelings and maybe some situations that are happening that I think are timeless. But then there are weeks like this where there's just so much happening in the world that um, we need to talk about. So I'm trying not to date this episode, but at the same time, we can't not acknowledge what's happening. Or I should say, acknowledge why I'm not acknowledging what's happening in the world. I'll explain in a little bit, but first, ooh, I feel like Julie Chen on Big Brother, but first, I still haven't filled out my application for the show yet. If you watched the finale of Big Brother, and I will not talk about Big Brother for too long because I know that is such a niche little demographic and I know not everyone watches the show, but uh, the finale of Celebrity Big Brother aired and ooh, there's like so much fallout. There's so much drama with last summer's cast members being all petty and dramatic and it just feels like high school drama all over again and it's giving me a uh, pause and I don't know if I necessarily want to audition for the show because you know we got enough drama in our lives the last thing I need is to get involved in, in that kind of stuff surely I will change my mind but the update on um getting Ellen cast in a reality show is that there is no update. Okay. Uh, But I do have an update on the I'm the show merch. If you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, you can see in my hand, I have got the hats that are up for grabs. Uh, These are dad hats. There's three different styles. And I kept it really simple because if you see, um, again, if you're watching on YouTube or on uh, Spotify, If you're listening to this podcast, let me describe it for you. Because I'm good at that. I did radio once or twice for a little while. Um, Three different options of hats. Dad hats. There's like a nude color, a khaki, and a black color hat. So you've got options. And in very simple embroidery block letters that match the font of the show, it says, I'm the show. I kept it simple when it came to the design because... I didn't want it to distract from what the hat was saying, which is, I'm the show. If you don't know where this came from, let's go back to episode one of the Ellen Taylor show. I was talking about how I had decided I wanted to start a show, but what name was I going to give this show? I kept thinking like it needed to be something quirky and creative and catchy. And then I stopped myself and I literally said out loud, I'm the show, and I named it The Ellen Taylor Show. So when I shared that story on the first episode, it kind of grew and it kind of created a life of its own on social media uh, amongst those of you who listened to that episode, who continue to listen to this show. Um, I've seen TikTok dances. I've seen static posts on Facebook. I've seen hashtags on Twitter and Facebook of people reminding themselves that they're the show. And that's exactly the message that I want for you. And I want to continue. And so I'm very happy that the first piece of merch which I can't believe we're four episodes in and we've already got merch um, is I'm the show swag. So you've got options between uh, a dad hat, a hoodie and a crew neck. Uh, so, yeah, you can go to ellen Taylor.com or charliepete.com. The show has partnered with Charlie Pete, and they're our official sponsor. And I say it like that because if you don't know, Charlie Pete is my business. So, you know, we're building an empire over here, okay? Uh, That's one way to support the show. Pick up the swag. Pick up the merch. Um, You're benefiting yourself, and then you're also helping out your girl because, again, I would love to stay as independent as possible for as long as I can, but... Your girl's got to, you know, keep the lights on. So I always used to say, keep Charlie, keep food on, keep Charlie fed. And um, yeah, so I think uh, we need to just keep supporting the show. So then that we can keep spreading the message to help out uh, more doggies and and keep keep them fed. Okay. Um, another way to support the show is by. Oh, well, wait, let me rewind a second. I think I may have mentioned this in a previous episode. If I didn't, I've thought about it in my head and I don't know, I'm losing my mind. Um, What's the saying? Closed mouths don't get fed. I am very bad at asking for help and asking for the things that I want. I'm so bad at that, that I don't even realize what it is that I want or more importantly need. So I was listening to, a new podcast. A couple of my friends started a new podcast. Their names might be familiar to you, Carla Marie and Anthony. Um, They did radio in Seattle for, man, gosh, I love them so, so much and so proud of them. They started a new podcast called The Morning Show, Monday through Friday, 20-minute little episodes. When you're done listening to this podcast, I suggest you go and check theirs out. And um, in their premiere episode, they very unapologetically said, hey, this is how you can support the show, and it goes the same for this one too. So if you can like this episode, follow the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, every platform has something different along the, ter- along the lines of like notifications or ratings, whatever that might be. Um, if you are on YouTube and you're watching, then perhaps maybe giving it a thumbs up, subscribing to the channel. Again, I feel cringe just asking for anything, but... The saying, right, is closed mouths don't get fed. So uh, if you can, that's another way and a free way to support the show. And it's great for lurkers. I am one of those people. I love to engage with you on social media. So if you're sliding in my DMs, nine times out of 10, I'm probably answering. And if I'm not answering, it's because one is creepy not you, but like there are creeps um, or two. There's like so many that I'm trying to get through and I try very hard. I spend a lot of time in my DMs. Um, so I like engaging. But I know that me as a consumer of social media, I don't want to say I'm stingy with the likes or the comments, but I'm like, uh, like I just I like it. But I, I'm not going to comment because they don't really care about my comment, which is ironic because I love reading comments that people post on my posts. So maybe I should start doing whatever. What I'm trying to get at is if you're like me and are a lurker, you can still remain anonymous and it's not difficult to just hit subscribe or rate the podcast. That's what I'm getting at. I'm a little frazzled for a couple of different reasons. Um, One of which is the fact that there's still snow on the ground and I cannot take this. My dad laughs at me often for many things, Uh, but my dad, Pete the Greek, was like, you were born here. You were raised in this. Why do you complain about it so much? And I'm like, dad, it's because I hate it. (laughs) I hate the snow. When I moved to Seattle, people were like, yeah, but the weather is so much worse in Seattle. And my response always was, at least I don't have to shovel rain. (laughs) I cannot stand the snow and there's still some on the ground. Um, So I have booked a flight, and this weekend I am going to Atlanta to visit some friends, follow on Instagram if you want to see the behind the scenes. I don't know, make it sound like I've got this cool life, kind of, maybe. Maybe we'll have an adventure this weekend, follow along on Instagram (laughs) for that. So I'm a little frazzled because I'm trying to, you know, Still stay in like the work zone and the work mode because I have so much stuff to do. But really, the only thing I can think of is 75 and sunny in Atlanta. Another thing that's got me flustered. And please, 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 please hear me out on this one. Don't change the channel. (laughs) Don't listen to a different show. Just hear me out. What's got me frazzled is obviously what's happening in Russia and the Ukraine. Now, let me acknowledge why. I'm not acknowledging it on social media, okay? Whether you agree or disagree with what our country is doing, that is not this show. We are not talking about that we can have differences of opinions. That is not what this conversation is going to be. This conversation is also not going to be whether or not there should be a war and which side we stand on. I think that this conversation, in this conversation, we can all agree that war is not good. We do not want war. Okay. So now that we've established that we do not want war, we've got that baseline. Now, I wake up and I need to change the tone of my voice because I'm not angry about it. I'm just a little apprehensive to talk about it because I don't want this to get me canceled because I feel like this is going to be a conversation that could very easily be misconstrued. And if I wasn't an independent podcaster show host personality, then I never would have even touched this conversation. However, I think that because I am on my own, I now have the privilege and the opportunity to talk about it. And I think that, um, it's my obligation to at least share how I'm feeling about it, I have never claimed to have answers to anything. If you followed me for even five minutes, if this is your first episode, please know, I do not know anything other than what I feel. And the reason why I share what I feel or my perspective and my take on it is not for me to change your mind, absolutely not. I share my perspective because if you happen to think like me, you know, you're not alone. And if you don't think like me, perhaps I can give you a different perspective. So then that way you can kind of, you know, again, help have these conversations with people who have differing opinions than you. I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. Okay. Okay. Now that we've laid the groundwork here, these are tough topics to talk about, right? Um, man, and it was so much easier to just say, oh, I'm not going to talk about it because I'm on a country morning show and people care more about Luke Bryan than what's happening in the Ukraine and Russia, right? That was like an easy out and I don't have that easy out and I'm glad that I don't have that easy out anymore. Um, when I woke up earlier this week, I guess I should say last week, right? When the war started, of course- Every post on Instagram, every story, support the Ukraine, support what's going on. So I mean, all of these things. Um, I get it. I need to acknowledge, though, why I'm not acknowledging it. And it's it's because I can't. And this is going to sound so privileged. And I'm using such hot keywords right now. And again, I'm praying in my brain, wondering whether or not I should even continue this conversation. We're just going to do it, Ellen. Just going to do it. Okay, let me let me time out for a second. Earlier this weekend, I had a conversation with my mentor, who um, reminded me that the reason why you come back to the show and you follow along and you and we stay in touch and we have this relationship, you and I, is because I'm not afraid to be real. So I'm going to try and lean into that, and again, understanding that we might not have the same opinions, and that's okay. So and be real. I cannot acknowledge what's going on in the world, not because I don't don't agree with it because nobody wants war. It's tragic what's happening. I know that a post isn't going to fix it, okay? I'm not saying people shouldn't post. No one's giving me grief for not posting about it, but I think somewhere deep down, I feel guilty for not posting about it because that's what everyone else is doing. That's what the woke thing is to do. That's what the trendy thing is to do. And I think it's okay for us to not post about what's happening, not because we don't want to acknowledge it, but because we are just burnt out. Okay. I can only do so much. So if that is maybe just a post, go for it. Do you and post your support for Ukraine or for Russia, whatever. I'm like, I'm not good. Let me keep my opinion to myself. (laughs) But I also know that, again, a post isn't going to change everything. And I think it's okay to not, no. I think it is okay to prioritize your mental health and your sanity and your you. I think it is okay to protect yourself from all of the stuff that is happening in the world. If you cannot handle or deal with another crisis, then I don't think that you should be punished for that, most especially by yourself. Like, don't punish yourself if you can't put one more thing on your plate. And that goes for the war, that goes for anything that's happening. Think back to, you know, a little over a year ago when I lost Charlie, and I, you, you know was in the worst place that I've ever been in my life, in the just depths of despair. And there were friends who I think are still my friends who did have the privilege of not calling or not acknowledging or just sending a text or, you know what I mean? Like they put in whatever effort they could at that time. In the moment, first off, in the moment, I don't even know who did or didn't reach out to me. When I slowly started to come out of that grief, which I'm not even all the way up, but when my capacity started to get bigger and I started to think about who was and wasn't there for me, yes, one part of me was very upset and very frustrated and like sad that so-and-so didn't reach out or so-and-so didn't do more in my worst moments. And then it's times like this where I'm like, I can't handle one more thing. I need to prioritize my own well-being. That makes me sympathetic towards those people who couldn't reach out when I was at my worst. It's so interesting and so delicate, that line, right? Sure, there are people in your life that when you need them, aren't going to be there because they're dicks. All right. That's, that's, let's just call it what it is. And in those moments you figure out who your friends are. But I think we also, it's not just black and white. It is, it's not as easy as that because you need to think about, or at least acknowledge that there are other things that are going on in their life. And it is an act of self love for them to protect whatever it is that they need to. And perhaps they don't have the energy for you? Does that make them a bad person for prioritizing themselves first? It's such a fine line between self-love and loving others, right? And that's a battle that I'm dealing with in terms of like self-love. And we'll get to that in a second too. But I would love to know what the right thing is to do. But in my brain, I hear my therapist saying, but there is no right thing. And that's a hard world to live in. Life would be so much easier if there was right and wrong. (laughs) Wars wouldn't happen, right? If there was right and wrong. A lot of things wouldn't happen if there was a black and a white, right? Just right, wrong, that's it. This or that. But man, we're learning, or at least I always knew, but maybe now I'm accepting more that... There's a lot of gray in this world, and there is no right thing to do other than mm, maybe, yeah, putting yourself first in whatever capacity that is or might be for you. So, okay, let's, let's go down this path again. Not even again. Let's go down this path now that I'm kind of on a roll. <laughs> and if I haven't turned everyone off of this, because again, I am not saying that war is good or any, absolutely not. But let's go down this path of self-love versus giving love to those who need it. I think as early as elementary school, we're taught the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. But what we don't talk about enough, and I don't think we talk about enough with our children, and I could be wrong because I don't have kids, so I'm, I'm not, again, saying that I know anything, but I know that. We didn't talk enough or no one talked enough about, at least with me, or I didn't hear these conversations enough, which was treat yourself the way you want to be treated. I think that should be the platinum rule. The golden rule is treat others the way you want to be treated, but the platinum rule is treat yourself the way you want to be treated and don't feel guilty about that. Apparently, I'm going to have a lifelong struggle with loving myself, My therapist broke that news to me last week. (laughs) She also listens to this podcast, or at least she did. Love you. We don't pay you enough. Um, And I think over the year that her and I have worked together, obviously a big chunk of that was dealing with grief and depression, and it still is, and anxiety and whatever. But an ongoing thread in that is that apparently I don't love myself, And this is not going to be a woo-woo, this is how you love yourself thing. Because, again, I don't freaking have answers. Because if I did, I wouldn't need to go to therapy. I also, if I had all the answers, apparently I wouldn't be relatable and we would have no show. So, um, how do you love yourself? What do you do? And I think the biggest hurdle for me is that how do I do things for myself without feeling guilty? I don't know how I got this way how did that happen? Again, a conversation for myself and and my therapist, but I would love to know what you do for yourself. When I think about that, if someone were to say, okay, Ellen, like, what do you do for yourself? My first answer is going to be, I work. (laughs) That is such a three thing to say. Again, three on the Enneagram, Go back and listen to episode two if you don't know what I'm talking about. That is my personality. Like, oh, what do I do for myself? Well, I work. That's so tragic. That's so sad. But I like working because it gives me something to do. And I guess I shouldn't feel guilty for that. But then also, it's sad to say that there's nothing that I really do for myself. I'm so tempted to date somebody next that is not my typical type because I need to do that for me. When I Okay. We're going to we're going to open up a little bit of a Pandora's box here. And you know, sometimes this happens, I turn on the camera, I turn on this microphone, and all of a sudden these words come out of my mouth and I don't know how or why I say them, but I do and apparently you relate to it and you keep coming back for more. So, um A couple of my close friends have told me that, not that I'm shallow in terms of dating. um, Maybe that my standards are high. That was the message that I have received from a friend a couple years ago. One of my best friends a couple of years ago. She's still my best friend. And two of my friends very recently, like in the last three weeks, have said, Ellen, mm, like it's not always about looks. And I, oh, trust me, I know that it's not. But I think that I've dated people in the past who look good on paper because I live a public life. And also as a three on the Enneagram, it is just in my nature to want to look good in whatever sense it is. And I'm not saying just superficially. Um, Who doesn't want to date somebody successful or um, that's good in their field or that's a good dad or that's a good fill in the blank, right? Right but I think I'm so consumed by finding the right person that everyone else wants to see me with than finding the right person for me. Hmm. And I don't know why I do that. Why do I do that? Why do I care so much? It's because I don't love myself. All right, here we go. There's, there's the cycle. I'm so tempted to date somebody that is not my typical type next as an act of self Love. If we're going to stick with the Enneagram and the personality types, I would love to date a seven next. If you don't know what an Enneagram, uh, a seven is on the Enneagram, these are people, and you know who they are. These are people who love adventure. They're always off doing things and having fun, and they're just very go, 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 living their best life and bringing everyone along for the ride. They've got a million friends and they just go out and do it. I'm not saying they don't have their faults because everyone's got their own faults, right? But I feel like I would love to date a seven next because we, <laughs> we are consumed, especially lately, with so much negativity. And whether that's especially heavy now because of what's happening in the world um, or not doesn't matter because there's always going to be something weighing us down, whether that's a world crisis or things that are happening in our personal lives at home, okay? Sevens on the Enneagram and all of their adventures sounds exhausting and thrilling all at the same time. But here's the thing. I have had enough exhaustion exhaustion will come whether I want it to or not. It is a fact of life. But why is it that we need to be intentional about going out and finding the thrill of things? Why is it so much harder to do the good, exciting things in life? It takes energy to do those things. And energy is hard to come by. It is a commodity that is very scarce now. I think now more so than ever, at least if you're a millennial in our lifetime, and we have been through a lot. Maybe this is just a culmination of everything, but if exhaustion, war, bad things are always going to exist, don't we need to, or shouldn't we make the extra effort to do things that are good? for us and that are going to fill our cup up. Like, we need to prioritize that. And I say that not knowing how to do it. Again, I'm not here for solutions. I wish I could be that podcast where I could be like, oh, here's 10 tips to make your life less stressful. Hell, if I knew how to do that, my God, I'd be freaking rich. I would sell that book and online course or whatever for a bajillion dollars. Maybe that's how you get less stress. <laughs> I don't know. Come up with some sham. But I don't think anyone knows how to do that. But what I do know is that this is how I feel and surely I'm not the only one that feels like this. And I hate that there are others that probably feel like this too. So this is where I really wish that like we could interact more or I guess we can in terms of like you commenting or subscribing or whatever, or even just interacting by you hearing me out and continuing to listen to this podcast. <laughs> so thank you for doing that. Um, it's hard. Life is hard. I want you to know that you're not the only one that feels like it's just a lot. And I, don't know, I don't think this is the depression talking. I think this is life. I feel so bad for millennials because I'm biased because, man, it has been one crisis after another. When we were growing up, it was always, hey, if you are go to school, be a good student, you'll get into a great college. Go to college, graduate, you'll get a great job. Get a great job you'll be successful, then you'll find the one, you'll get married, you'll have kids, and life will be fantastic, right? If you follow this roadmap, you will find happiness. And guess what? I did that and I didn't find shit. <laughs> like, At least I didn't, no, 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 that's not right. I did find things. Um, I didn't find the life that I feel like I was promised as a child, by our world, society, whatever that might be. And man, Generation, Gen Z, they've got it even worse than millennials do, right? Gen Z, God bless you because you missed your senior year of high school. You missed your college years. My best years of my life were in college and you missed that. You'll never get that opportunity back. And now there's just another crisis, another thing, right? And it makes me wonder if, the world was always like this or are we just more connected than ever because of the internet and our phones that we're seeing it more and we are not prepared enough to consume all of this at the rate in which we are forced to consume it. I say all of this all the while I've got my phone in my hand with this Instagram post that I saved because I wanted to share it with you. Um, right? So we have to find this balance, which apparently I'm not good at either. But this post says, you are not morally obligated to comment on every global crisis. You don't have to prove that you care. You don't have to publicly demonstrate your emotional reactions. And I think that's where I say social media, which I love and I'm so glad exists, is also scary Mm, detrimental mm, can be if you don't have a good balance because now everyone has a microphone. All because there's a microphone in front of your face doesn't mean you need to talk into it and it's okay. That's okay. Don't feel like you need to talk about everything and express an opinion on everything, especially if you haven't even had time to process what your opinion is. There are so many people that I have seen, especially over the last week, try and be the first ones to post about what's going on. What are you? First off, a news agency? No, I'm not coming to you, influencer. And I say that because I like to be an influencer. But like, I'm not coming to you, influencer, for my latest news on the war. I'm not doing that. So don't feel obligated to be the first one to post something because it also comes off very insincere. Have you had the time to sit and process what it is that you're even posting about? And if you have had the time to sit and process and you want to keep those feelings to yourself or share those with your close friends and family, your circle that you know IRL in real life, then do so. You don't need to post about it. If you feel you know, that you want to and you can by all means do it, but don't feel obligated to do so. Uh, Another bullet point on this little meme that I really appreciated that I saw on Instagram is it's okay if you don't understand the intricacies of a complicated issue yet. That goes along to my point of take some time to think about all of the sides and do your research before now, right? You're forming an opinion that goes for wars, that goes for life in general, It's okay to have an opinion or not have one or not know enough to have one. And the last bullet point is none of this social media crap is important. Don't be bullied by it. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because I think social media is important and I'm glad that we have it. It is such a vital tool. It does keep this world connected, but it also brings a bigger responsibility on us as individuals to have that filter. And now I've got a spam risk who's coming in trying to call and ruin my podcast. I pay my bills. Think about what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm actually glad that they called though, because now, now I can take a breath. Because this stuff like works me up. And it works me up not because I'm angry. It works me up because I haven't figured it out yet. And it's frustrating that I haven't figured it out yet because I want to do everything right and correctly. And that goes back to the whole thing, which is there is no right way to do things. There is no right or wrong or correct way to do things because if the world was black and white, there wouldn't be tragedies happening like there are now. What we can do is take care of our own selves first and our own worlds, whatever that might look like to you. So if you need to take the time to research everything that's happening, do it. If you need to take time to step away from what's happening, do so and don't feel guilty about doing it. If you want to make this world a better place, it could be something as simple as, I don't know, Letting somebody in traffic in front of you. I was driving down the street, actually. It's so funny. And I'm not, again, I'm never trying to bash Grand Rapids or Michigan. This is my hometown. This is where I'm from. I consider Seattle home, but this is where I was born and raised. It is much different than, say, a big city. Not that Grand Rapids is small, but it is definitely smaller than, say, Seattle. (laughs) There was literally a, a quarter mile, maybe a half a mile backup on the street that I live by, one of the major streets that I live by. There was, it took me five minutes longer to get to where I needed to be. That was it. But in Grand Rapids, five minutes and a half a mile long traffic backup, you would have thought that they were in New York City rush hour. And oh my gosh. So I'm waiting in this like gridlock traffic. And I say that jokingly because it's nothing compared to a major city. And someone was trying to come in and they tried to be all sneaky about it. Like, oh, like they're being naughty and they were trying to cut in front of me. And I smiled and I waved them in. They were a little perplexed and shocked and they kind of like waved. I'm like, great. The car behind me was pissed. Heaven forbid I let this person in front of me. (sighs) Let the person in front of you anyway. Who cares? Who cares about the car behind you? Who cares that the person that you are letting in front of you may have cut the line? Who cares? You don't know what's going on in their world. And if doing that one little thing, like letting them in traffic in front of you, is going to make your day just a little bit better, then God damn it, you deserve it. Sorry, God. Sorry. <laughs> so whatever that one thing is that you can do to make this world just a little bit happier for yourself, man, do it. Do it. I want to go, like, get in my car down and let people into traffic. Not, not hit people. <laughs> But just let them in to traffic Right, that little, little thing Thank you so much for listening to episode 4 of the Ellen Taylor Show I'm the show merch is available at ellentaylor.com That's how you can make my world a little bit better Oof, Um, ellentaylor.com And what else, oh If you want to bring a lot of happiness and love into your world You know what I'm going to say Think about adopting a little doggy or a little kitty Whatever animal it is. I love dogs, but you do you. Please don't shop. Adopt. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.